Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, uh, the podcast where some fellow Star Trek nerds discover and possibly even rediscover Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. With me today is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm very well. Thank you, Ben. And we also have Peter Dancy. How are you today, Peter? A little tired because I just got back from work, but other than that, I'm good. Good, good. And I am uh, Ben Holler from the Part of the Movie Gang Podcast Collective, possible bigger name coming soon, you know, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the idea of this thing, if you're listening to it, means we've decided to release it, uh, is uh, me, Sarah, and Peter all consider ourselves Star Trek fans. We've never watched Deep Space Nine, though. Uh, it's considered by many hardcore Star Trek fans to be the best of the Star Trek. Followed very closely uh, by the next generation. Indeed, it's, it's sort of a... Hardcore Trek seems to love this one the best. Uh, not always, not 100%. Everyone has their loves, and you know you can love Star Trek and love different ones, but this one comes up a lot, and it's the one a lot of Star Trek fans say, oh my god, you have to see New Space Nine. So, unfortunately, there are, like many shows from the 90s that ran for a while, nine trillion episodes. That's an exact number, 9.7 mm. trillion. No, there's 176 episodes. So what we're trying to do is, we're doing this as a way to encourage ourselves to watch entire thing we're going to try to watch two episodes a week and discuss it with everyone so we can help each other get through the series and hopefully enjoy it like i think we will probably enjoy it but uh it's one of those things like infinite jest or or war and peace you gotta just keep coming back <laughs> yeah just keep doing it you know you gotta keep focus so uh, i guess we'll just start before we get into the show where are you guys uh star trek uh, mount where, where where are you at uh, personally i've seen the first season of the original series, and I frankly may not see the rest, and didn't love it. I know it doesn't get any better. And I've seen pretty much all of TNG, maybe a few scattered episodes here or there, and none of Deep Space Nine or Voyager, and every single one of the movies. Where are you guys at? I am, I'm pretty much on the same page with you, Ben, I think. I've seen, I think, the first season of the original series, and then a handful of um, the rest of the episodes, but not in order and not watched religiously. I've seen all of Next Generation and all of Voyager and all of the films. And, and I think that's it. Well, I'm well, I'm de- I'm definitely the lesser of of the three. Like I, like very I, much like you two, I've, I've seen the fir- I've seen the first season of the original series. I've seen a pr- I'd, I'd I'd say a pretty damn good chunk of the Next Generation. Thanks to thank thanks to like to like uh be like B- bbc america and then and then a fr- and then another friend of mine who who's like a huge fan of um of star trek having ha- having several like collective box sets of of, of, of various uh, star trek television series um as far as far as far as the movies i've seen the first i've seen like the, the the very the very first uh two star trek the motion picture um then wrath of khan um a couple, a, a, a couple here and there, but um, before Abrams reboot, and then, and and then, and then, of course, Abrams uh, two thousand nine Star Trek, and then uh, Into Darkness. So. All right. So we're all we're all coming from different uh, places, and I know Jack is another person who might come onto this podcast. We've seen all of these Space Nine, I believe. Um, so he might come back every once in a while and talk about certain episodes or or, or re- reacquaint the series. But for us, this is none of us have seen any D Space Nine, correct? We're correct. All, totally new. So we're all going completely Well, I mean, I I say that as a caveat. I think um, my mom watched the series when I was growing up, and so I probably have actually seen 
some of the episodes, right. but I would have been, you know, five years old. So it's not as oh, though yeah. I remember them. Right. Right. It's, no, yeah, it's the... sort of buried in your brain. Like you might recognize yes. certain things, but you're not like, oh, I mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. Like, I know, yeah. I know Quark the Ferengi. I think I just thought he was funny when I was a child. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but, uh, uh, yeah. do we want to just get, give overall impressions before we go, uh, deep into it we first watched uh we're gonna do two episodes a week so that means if there's a two-parter we'll just talk about that one full episode and this uh show begins the two-parter emissary so what's your general opinion of the show so far before we go into more in detail general opinion uh i i enjoy i enjoyed the first ep- i enjoyed the first episode well technically episodes one and two but whatever um especially because uh because at the suggestion of my aforementioned friend um uh the, uh, the 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 show the show kind of like the show kind of takes place like at about the same time as the next generation, but 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 it all, um, but especially especially for like for like the kind of I guess uh, prologue section of, of of emissary, it 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 leads off from the next generation's uh, best of both worlds uh, parts one and two, um, so 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 to kind so to kind of see. It, it was, so especially especially with uh, with um with uh, with what's what's his name uh Cisco, uh, uh Commander Cisco. It was it was interesting to see uh, how he uh, how how he was taking everything with 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 him being with him being uh, stationed at Deep Space Nine and like his like his reaction to everything and, and like and, and like and uh, him and him talking to Picard. So like. So it's, it's it's nice to see like kind of the overall feel of it like like, like where like where are we gonna go with this how are we gonna start? I enjoyed it. And Sarah, did you feel similar? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. It sort of brought together all the things that um, made me really love Star Trek from Next Generation. That's that sort of what I really grew up and actually remember watching was Next Gen. But I love the. Um, the racial and gender diversity that's on the cast. Um, I, uh, I've always had this weird fascination with the bajoran Cardassian conflict. So uh, I didn't realize that Deep Space Nine <laughs> was like orbiting around Bajor. So it's like, hey, we're probably going to get a lot more of that. This oh, is yeah. great. Especially, especially um, with that wormhole. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I love that Dax is a trill. I loved that episode from Next Gen where um, Dr. Crusher falls in love with a trill and then she has to cope or not cope rather with um when, when the trill changes bodies and that's all very interesting um i uh, i like that character is it um odo the um odo, yes. yeah. guy i'm very interested to learn more about his backstory i think that's really cool that they put that in just sort of you know, right in the first two episodes, like, hey, there's this character that we really know nothing about. Let's learn more about him. This is great. Um, so, yeah, all good things. Um, I'm excited to see more. I enjoyed the, the storyline of the first two episodes, and I enjoyed the setup it provided for the rest of the show. There's a lot to learn about this great group of characters. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. Uh, I really like the opening. Uh, I'm a big fan of Babylon 5. It's sort of infamously kind of had to pick one or the other. Uh, I think Babylon 5 claimed that one ripped the off the other. Who cares? It's all in the past. But um, what this does better than Babylon 5, at least at first, is I actually really, really care about the characters almost right away, which is what I'm very impressed mm-hmm. with. It's tough for the pilot to establish characters so well, I think, True. 
Firefly might be the best ever at that. I mean, I just gotta give it to that. But uh, it's just really good, and it's it's tough to get into. And it's sort of interesting because I, I'm glad we. It's too bad we couldn't get someone who's never seen any Star Trek because I think they'd be so lost. It's impressive that this show kind of knew that okay, the only people who are gonna watch this are people who watch Next Generation. So it's okay to have like the Cardassians and talk about the Bajoran War and like. They don't spend too long trying to over-explain things. Maybe, like, the trill a little bit, since it was just one episode. I personally don't remember that episode, Sarah, so I'll have to go back and rewatch the one you mentioned. But, um, it's, a, it's really a good episode, I think. Yeah. I mean, any episode that's Crusher-centric, I love. <laughs> yeah, Crusher, she's, she's a pretty cool character. I like her. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's an interesting setup, um, having a thing of space and sort of rick berman said he didn't want two shows about exploration but they need the wormhole so they could always go into it every once in a while whenever they want to it seems to give a lot of uh weight to the series and a lot of possibility the series will also you know grind it in something different which i appreciate so i i'm very excited as well for the series so when we begin this episode we find uh another interesting thing that's very interesting is that it directly ties into Trek the next generation kind of a clever unique way which is that uh, we find out during the infamous Lakitus Borg storyline from next generation resistance that, is futile. Uh, <laughs> futile that when uh, Picard became Lakitus he, he famously blew up all the fleet a lot of it and uh, was on his way to earth and uh, star the enterprise showed up and the whole fleet was gone and we get to see a little bit of that fight and uh, one of the people on that when the uh, USS Saratoga was Benjamin Sisko, who loses his wife during the battle. Uh, his son, Jake, survives, and he does as well. But uh, he spent the last three years kind of hating everything, hating Picard especially, before he arrives at uh, Deep Space Nine, which has been taken over from the Bajorans. They fought back against the Cardassians and now own this uh, station, which is, I think, kind of an interesting setup. It's, it's a great idea to come into a place that's... Uh, I always find that interesting, the transfer of power. The transfer of a once like ruled land to someone else, and yeah. the chaos that ensues, and I like this little elements are like, oh, when the Cardassians didn't have to leave, they just fucking trash the place. So he doesn't come into this nice, clean, shiny uh, uh, station. It's just completely wrecked, and nobody is happy. And yeah, that would be too easy. Exactly, I appreciate that. It's, it's this is again a different thing for Babylon Five. It's like Babylon Five is like the most loved, and everyone's excited about it. They're super happy about this space station. And, and this is just like, oh, here's your crap hole, like <laughs> piece of shit place, but becomes way more important by the episode. Yeah, like, because because it, it, it like at least, at least for me, it it really it really set up the fact that that that, that with that with the Cardassians leaving DS Nine, that it wasn't that this wasn't going to be like a, this wasn't going to be like a, a cut and dry like. A, Cut and dry passing of power between between the two groups, and and especially, especially as as we find out later with uh, with, with with Cisco uh, in, with Cisco in, interacting with uh, Priestess, I believe I believe it was. Yes. Uh, yeah. Th- that 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 their whole conflict is 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 definitely going to be kind of an overarching storyline that that, that, go, that goes throughout the show. So so I mean so like to so to see that they that they're still that the, that the Cardassians and the Bajor are, and Bajorians are still butting heads. Even 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 with even with like the Bajorians and Enterprise now now having control and and then with the warp hole like right there, like 
it, 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 to me, to me, it presents an interesting conflict because it, because it's like okay, now it's not now it's not just the Cardassians who are who are going to be coming around this area, but it's everyone because because of the possibilities of, of what this of what this wormhole presents. And it also sets up like that. This is going to be a show much more about um, military is not going to be as much of a focus. I know this is a series that, that involves war a lot, but. I think it's interesting the way that the stand down between the Cardassians happens and that they it's all bluff, you know, that mm-hmm. they have no ability to defend themselves. They are just a weak little space station with no supplies, but they manage to at least hold on long enough uh, until the wormhole opens back up again to survive. And that's solely on bluff and cleverness and ingenuity. And I, I appreciate that what the show is going to be, seems to be a lot about uh, that kind of thing of we're on the edge of the universe on this giant wormhole and we're just going to try to hold on as best we can with all these competing figures who want control right it's a very exciting setup so uh we uh we also get a uh two tng crossovers one for the episode and one for the series uh we have captain picard shows up to hand over the station and cisco is none too happy to see him Mm-hmm. He was pissed. And he was pissed. And I think it's a fascinating idea. Um, I think it takes a little bit of a risk to say that the new captain of this new show that you have to care about hates the captain of the show that you love. That <laughs> yes. everyone loves to this day. Right. Like, uh, we all love Picard. We all feel bad for him. And Stewart does a great job. He could just have phoned in this, like, ah, be in this crappy show like that may never last whatever you know but he, he gives it his all and i really appreciate the way they handled when he's like i was in that war that killed my family essentially but he just says like that battle and just picard's face just drops he's like oh shit there's <laughs> yep. no way this guy's ever gonna like me no matter what i say like it was not me and it was the borg and whatever. he knows it's just not but, but, but yeah cause, because he re- because he realizes like, like even though it technically wasn't me it was still me, and I'm and I'm like like I'm, I'm like one central figure that he knows he can like put all of his anger on. So it's like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, he doesn't even try to defend himself. Really, he's exactly. just like, oh crap! No, yeah. I I am responsible for you know killing this man's wife and endangering his child and destroying his starship and yeah. Bad. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing much you can say in that situation, and I really appreciate the way Picard handles it. You know, and mm-hmm. he's like, all right, we'll find someone else. Uh, get, get it. <laughs> Can't really change your mind on on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And we also get uh, sort of a lesser character in the next generation, but it was still it's one of those faces that you grow to love. Uh, Miles O'Brien. Yay! I was happy to, to see this. him and Keiko. Yeah, I. I guess since it's sort of the wonderful thing about watching the show back when it was on, it's probably kind of cool to see him go on this new show and then watch the old show because like there was just a moment T and G where like where's that guy? Mm-hmm. Where's the guy yep. with the curly hair? Where'd he go? <laughs> like he it's was like, here. Well, if you were paying attention, he's over here. Right, exactly. And he had a nice little farewell. I was glad to see Picard wish him off. Yeah, yeah that was quite sweet. It's like yeah, I, 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 I call I called for you by accident, just uh, just out of happen. You're just like oh, yeah. <laughs> TNG heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Aww, mm-hmm. it's very true, very true. So we meet some of the uh, 
the residents who've been there before, I mean, new residents coming on. So the residents we have there for, as we mentioned, Odo, the shapeshifter. We also have Quark, who's, I know, a fan favorite. We'll see how he... He's <laughs> sort of an interesting guy, sort of a, uh, a Peter Lorre and Casablanca type. Maybe not Peter Lorre, yeah, but Claude yeah, Rains. Yeah. Casablanca, kind of a corrupt guy, but lovably corrupt. <laughs> he keeps everyone in mm. line, you know. He, I, I appreciated his... Cisco already shows his diplomacy very well when he goes up and he's like, put him in the brig. He's like, isn't that a little harsh? He's like, well, I know what uh, Ferengi love to bargain, so I have a bargaining chip. I'm going to do it. Very clever. Yeah, and so uh, I uh, I know Armin Shimmerman best from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He played Principal Snyder in season three, uh, and I guess season two well. as well. And uh, oh, yeah, you, you know, if if the character Principal Snyder was going to be any alien race from Star Trek, he absolutely would be Ferengi. So to see <laughs> the same actor playing a Ferengi is just a wonderful thing. It makes me very That's... happy every time I see him. That's fascinating. I did not know he was Principal Snyder. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also Dr. Nefarious in Russian and Clank. Oh, okay. and Wait, he's, he's Nefarious? He's Nefarious in Russian and Clank. Oh I just saw that on Wikipedia page. Gosh, that's awesome. <gasps> he's, he's like all part of our childhood. <laughs> New love for Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> and he also like, played a character in a little-known show, I think, from the late 80s called Beauty and the Beast that had Ron Perlman and uh, I've forgotten her name, just the lady from... Term, the original Terminator films. Oh, wow. Right, right. Um, uh, and uh, the only thing I know about that show, do you know who was one of the head writers on that show? Not off the top of my head. George R. R. Martin. No way. What? Mm-hmm. I have those George DVDs. I must go investigate. Oh, my goodness. Please watch all George R. R. Martin episodes. That's yes. crazy. It's one of those weird things you find out when you get an IMDb loophole. You're like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, how much death do they avoid in this show? Let's find out. <laughs> right. I think uh, it's pre-Game of Thrones publishing, so he was just uh, mm, still I kind see. of a writer for hire back mm. then. But uh, He didn't have enough well, uh, enough whole power yet to, you know, kill off anybody he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been, yeah, there should have been an episode of Beating Peace where Ron Perlman just murders everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, this show got dark. <laughs> So back to Deep Space Nine, yes. we also, uh, the other big leader we had is uh, a Bajoran. We had to have a Major Bajoran on this, and we have uh, Kai. Oh, ma- oh, 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 that's oh, the oh, spiritual Kira? leader. Yeah, Major Kira. Love her. So Kai Apaka is the spiritual leader. I was reading that wrong. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep my notes in order. Yes. We have uh, Major Kira, who's a Bajoran, uh, who's now in charge, sort of second in command, it seems like, under Cisco. Perhaps maybe co-leader. They haven't really figured that out yet, it seems like. Uh, yeah, so what do you think of Kai? She had a really interesting little end there with the standoff against the Cardassians, which was kind of a neat uh, thing of uh, being able to fight back for the first time. Yeah, that was yeah. great. I think uh, there's probably going to be some episode where, you know, basically being the commander or the second-in-command of a space station is going to go to her head, and she'll, I don't know, just about destroy a bunch of Cardassians, but then Cisco has to be like, "No, this is a bad idea." But I don't know. I can see that in her, uh, in her character personality. You know, doesn't she say at some point, like in the, in the Bajoran camps, we learn to do whatever needed to be done, and she's yeah. probably going to transfer that over to let's kill all the Cardassians. Yeah, because she's former Bajoran resistance, so that's mm-hmm. that's definitely going to come up. It has to. They can't just yeah. like mention that and then drop it. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to that episode whenever that may be. Yeah, and we or maybe it'll it happen for... a lot. I don't know. No, I think uh, I think we'll see more of. My guess is, is we'll see more of Gold Ducat, the uh, Cardassian former leader of Deep Space Nine, who uh, mm-hmm. went into the wormhole as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like he's going to be a big primary antagonist come um, in and out. Uh, he's not done with Deep Space Nine for sure. He did not seem happy that he had to let it go. Ah. Now that in front of a wormhole, doubt he's going to be happy. Does anybody remember the name of the Cardassian who held Picard prisoner in the episode with There Are Four Lights? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. I like that reference to that famous episode. Cause I, that is it, probably in my top three favorite next-gen so, episodes. So good. And, and at one point, yeah, Miles Bryant says, uh, uh, Cardassians, you know what they do to their prisoners. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. I, I'll look into that while we while we talk. But, yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting setup. Uh, so yeah, the first episode is mostly set up for meeting new characters, and oh, the last character we meet is a trill. We meet uh, Dax. Jadiza Dax, which is sort of interesting that uh, before uh, Cisco actually knows Dax, the sort of I don't know what the proper term is, but the sort of the way trills work is they have human bodies, and then they have sort of an insect slug thing that goes from body to body. And both well, humanoid body. bodies. Right, humanoid. Right. So I guess you can Humanism. call. It, so I guess you can call it like like a host body. Mm-hmm. Sort of, but they do kind share of. a consciousness. Right. So like yeah, each. Yeah. So Dax is a similar personality across each body, but each body's a little bit different. So it's kind of like Doctor Who in that sense, where it's like oh, yeah, they're going to retain a lot of the same memories and a lot of stuff, but they still will have different ideas and, and personalities and stuff. Personalities. It's not like a complete blank slate of a, a person. Which is what's very interesting about it. And yeah, it's sort of interesting that uh, almost a transgender character, essentially. Yes. Like, it's kind of cool yep. that they decided uh, that he knew Dax as an old man. And he says that great line where he's like, yeah, I have to get used to this. Like, she's, mm-hmm. she's a very beautiful 20-something woman. And he says, like, yeah, all right, old man. Um, oh, yeah. That was... I, I, I found that to be a sweet moment because... because it was. Because it was, because it was recognizing... It was recognizing their friendship, at, like as it once was, but 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 still, but still being like, hey, we still know we we still know each other, like that has not changed. Yeah. Definitely, and and it's a very interesting idea to have a. It's very it's a very hardcore science fiction idea, which is what I like about it. It's that sort of very weird out there idea that mm. it's very metaphorical and maybe doesn't really make a whole lot of. Sense, but I think they're doing it in a very clever way, which is exciting. I, I'm curious what the past lives will matter to them, and it's cool that Cisco knew a former version of the same character, which is what I think really cool. Like I always like that in Doctor Who, when a person who knew like the Eleventh Doctor would meet the Thirteenth Doctor or something like that, and have to like reconcile with like, but I knew your personality, I knew that person. I know it's still you, but you don't look like you, and you, know, you don't yeah. quite act like you. I yeah, when I was more with that. When I was looking at the episode list for Deep Space Nine earlier, I noticed that somewhere in season one there is an episode called Dax. So I mm. really hope that means we're going to get uh, a chance to sort of explore the trill a little bit more. I mean, it may not be the, uh, that may not be the case for that episode. I don't know. I'm just making assumptions based on the title. Um, but I hope that somewhere in the <laughs> show we learn more about the trill because I've always thought they were really fascinating. I think so too, and uh, with these 
orbs, uh, we, we get introduced to these Bajoran orbs, which we'll get more into in part two, but uh, it sort of works both as interesting storytelling, but also perfect flashback device, which is great. So, yes. like, I, I can definitely see, especially with her being in charge of researching the orb, that we could see a lot more past Dax lives, which I would be very fascinated to learn. So I think she's like the seventh or eighth or. I think seventh. I think, I think that's like something like oh, that. Oh, wow. I missed that. I think, I think, yeah, I think somewhere I, think I heard that. I think I've looked that up. I don't think I mentioned it right away. But uh, yeah. Oh, and I just wanted to mention Gol Madrid was the Cardassian uh, interrogator. So that's oh, okay. the same character. Okay, well, I just want to say, like, like, like while, while we're talking about Dax, I also want to bring up, like, I, I, I think he's, I think he's like, like la- the last of the main crew that we haven't touched on yet, the, uh, the chief medical officer Julian Bashir. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sort of interesting guy, kind of a Simon character, but almost purposely. It's similar yeah, idea like, of like he's so talented, but he picked like, this backwater outpost because he wanted mm-hmm. to be. So Simon's forced on the frontier. Yeah, yeah I think a, he's he's a very well-meaning kind of guy, but he clearly just hasn't been field tested, as not it were. Quite. Uh, so, right. He's, yeah. He's like the least interesting so far to me, but uh, just because like that idea is kind of like one note. Yeah. But I think they will probably have to do something more interesting with them. But I, but I, Past, like, but I, but I am, I'm, like, oh, I am glad though that 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 that, that, that um, I I think I, I believe I believe someone I, I believe someone I forget who asked him the question but like they kind of addressed early on like like with uh, with, with with someone someone asking him like someone asking him they're like they're, they're like do you know about Dax do you know do you know about Dax do you know that she's a trill and he was like yes I know I don't care I still like her and it's like okay cool let's do it yes yeah that is nice that is nice yeah that uh, this definitely is a show that seems like it's going for a more progressive vibe. Which is always exciting, <laughs> but obviously will probably still be a lot of themes of racism and the like. I'm sure. Well, I mean that kind of has to come with it. It's like, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, with uh, with uh, Odo being a shapeshifter, like I'm pretty sure there's going to be some backlash for that. Some people like being like kind of mistrusting of him. Definitely, and the fact that he could be anybody is definitely like or anything, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a bag. Yeah, they put the like, gold. <laughs> That was oh my god! They cool. never explained where that was. Really <laughs> I was like, "Is it still in his body?" Like, ugh, it's like creepy. Like, okay, cool, thanks. Yeah, like the gold stayed behind. So, like, I don't know. That was that was, yeah, that was cool, but very bizarre. Yeah, no, I agree. It was like, whoa, like it, it's different. You're right. It's more than even just mystique powers. It's like, oh, he could be a bag, like, or you can like liquid melt through like tiny events and stuff. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's like as He's, long as I can get through, I'm fine. Yeah, that's fascinating and i agree he's he's definitely the 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 lostish kind of character where we're like oh, what is he about where is he coming from you imagine his storyline would be very important to the rest of the mm-hmm. franchise because he was near the wormhole right like they found him near the kind of where yeah, the wormhole was so. or um but yeah but i think maybe even like on the other side of it yeah like kind of, they said they found him in that belt, the Denoris belt. Yes. Warhol ends up being. So yes, let's get to it. Uh, plot. Uh, mostly we introduced the characters, but there's a little bit of a plot where Cisco uh, is called down to the spiritual leader Kai, and she says that he is to be the emissary, a sort of Bajoran messiah that will help bring peace to everything. And uh, he discovers these uh, this orb that. 
uh, is telling him to go to the uh, Denoris belt, and when they get there, they he and Dax get sucked into a wormhole. Dax escapes, but uh, he gets to meet these very, very fascinating creatures who I really loved. It was this really clever storytelling device. What I love about Star Trek, you don't have a lot of money. You do something clever. And uh, the way these work is they basically talk through his memories. They're beings that don't have any sense of time. They exist kind of beyond time, or at least don't exist in linear time. They just time. are. They are, yeah. yeah they're sort of godlike creatures that have no sense of time as a structure. Yeah, because he was ha- he was having to explain to them the concepts of like of like linear time, past, mm-hmm. present, future emotions and stuff and like and, and, mo- and motivations what humans are what they stand for like it was, like it was, it was really it was really interesting like it, it, it um it uh to, to go back to go to go back to what you just said ben about about the whole like like, like you don't have a lot of money but you can still convey like like you, you can still convey, convey like deep like deep narrative and storytelling and stuff, by, 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 like with with just with just talking, it it reminded me uh, it reminded me of um of uh I don't I don't know if either of you either of you two have seen this anime, but uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like I have. How, how, I've uh, heard of it, but I've not seen it. It's very interesting. It's it's a it's a very it's a very bizarre anime. I'm just gonna say they're right like right at the at the at the beginning. It's so bizarre. But um but um but it, it reminded me it reminded me of of, of that show because um. It, because uh, during the show's original run, towards towards the end of it, um, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, the the production company, they, they 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 stopped getting as much funding as 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 they as they got as, as they got in the beginning. So mm-hmm. so when I, so when they got to those last few episodes, in, instead of it being like full on visuals, full on explanations, um, they 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 used they they used more uh, they used more talking to, to more, more talking to to explain like to explain the show's like kind of. Like kind of philosophical point and and like and and where and like the end point that they were trying to bring it all to, um, but 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 still but still but still but still trying to be interesting and intriguing um, and like and and, and, move, and move the story forward. So like so that's that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I I, I just kind of love the idea of people talking in memories. Uh, I always found that kind of fascinating to me that they can take over that element, and it was an interesting way too of dealing with his own problems because he that line why do you exist here was great mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a really that was so deep interesting line especially once grief. once they came back to it a couple of times and you really understood what they meant yeah you're like oh yeah you that's haven't a... moved on from this point in your time yet that's that's deep yeah, that's so a great way. And I also thought it was a good way to show sort of, or to really deeply, properly introduce Cisco's character because we really got to see how he sort of interprets the world and existence and so forth. Because you have these beings who, you know, sort of um, omnipresent as they may be, it kind of felt like he was speaking to a child. Uh, because they would say, you know, time, what is this? Memories, what is this? The past, what is this? And, you know, if you were to ask sort of your average Joe those kinds of questions, they may not be able to come up with a satisfactory answer because those are really sort of abstract concepts that the human race has come up with over the centuries. And the fact that he found a way to explain all of those things, it's like, yes, you're a, you're a smart cookie. You know what you're doing. Right, I, 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 it's very much like that. You're right. And that's why I like that he was a father, 
mm-hmm. and, and fatherliness was apparent. The, the fact that his son showed up a lot in it uh, was definitely part of that. And like, there's a great part where he's like trying to explain baseball, and he's like, "Okay, baseball's not the point, but okay, here's the point: <laughs> yes. you throw a ball and he hits it. I don't know what's going to happen, yeah. but when I throw the ball, all I can do is think." What might happen? What can I do to best make it happen? Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I succeed. But all I can do is just hope that my next pitch is better than the last. And that was a great, great way of t- describing. And this is how time. we like, know this show is American. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it would have been Baseball is the great metaphor for life. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our true. favorite pastime. Then and it, it's It's very true. Yeah, I guess for a... Uh, Maybe the way that Picard can't let go of Dickensian times. <laughs> Maybe Cisco can't let go of 1930s Americana imagery. Hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, we come in here to the holodeck all the time to play baseball. Holodeck. I wonder what era I'd always just keep going back to. Mm. I don't know. And uh, it was, yeah, it was very clever in that sense. And, and you're right. Like, I think what I liked about it, the second thing I also liked was that, it was your right that he shows that he's, patient he's a patient guy he he has emotion he's not a vulcan but he's patient and he's understanding and he's curious he's not a person who's gonna say what what i don't get it like he's he's gonna take his time he's gonna try to answer i actually found try to figure out sorry what go ahead I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually found myself found myself sort of uh, imagining how Picard might handle the situation, and I almost wanted to think that Picard would have gotten fed up at some point and be like, "Look, this is how it is. You're omniscient beings. Please try to understand." But Cisco just right. kept coming back, and you know, you know, trying to explain it in a different way, and so patient. And I think that also, again, like you said before, it helps that he that his character is a father, and so he's used to explaining things in a simplistic but at the same time meaningful way. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it was also just nice to have uh, the, the dead wife have some character. Yes, you know, like, yeah. Some, but it was like, when I sort of started, I was like, ugh, great. Like, it's just dead wife, motivation, but it was way clever and more interesting than I thought it would be. I thought it was just going to be more like, eh, there you go. <laughs> like, uh, but, but the fact they came back to it, showed her originally, and showed him going back in time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll run into these beings phases. again since uh, the, that wormhole is still open. They're, they're great narrative construction. They're, like I said, they're, I, I think they're great characters, but they're also kind of awesomely flashback devices, like I said. And, and mm-hmm. That's true. The fact yeah, that I'd he kind of like Worked out his uh, his old past with with them and stuff. It's like yeah, you can you can do a lot with them. So yeah. I think I would I'd keep them around if I was writers of the show. Yeah, I, I can only imagine what it was like for for um, for the for the writers who for the writers who did this show. I can only imagine how difficult or easy whatever it, whatever it ended up being for them. Uh, how how it was writing out. That writing out that whole sequence and and trying and trying to like really break it down like okay where are we gonna take this scene how are we gonna have him address these different things what are, what are these like like um like omniscient beings going beings going to ask how would you explain this to a child who has no concept of any of this but still have them get it like I can only imagine what that must have been like definitely and it's 
impressive that they went that far in the first episode to take these kind of moment, you know, it's like, but it's important for the character and it's important for this, this storyline, which is what I appreciate. They still had, you know, your action sequences in between that, you know, so you're a little bit like, come on, explain it. You got to get home. <laughs> yeah. You can't hold on. But, uh, it was still very mm-hmm. clever in the fact they took the time in the first episode. It gives me a lot of hope for, for where we're going in the future for the show. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be interesting uh, going forward to see uh, to see how Cisco takes like t- t- how how he takes like how his his patience and his and, and his ability to really to, to like really work things out for what for whatever for for whatever situation he is, he has to address and apply it uh, in future episodes to to, to like to, dif- to different adversarial forces coming up against ds9 or, or or anyone or anyone who stops at anyone who stops at ds9 like I, 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 I'm really excited to see like like how he takes that logic and like and really and really works with it to kind of keep this space station afloat mm, definitely I'm, I'm definitely curious about that curious about the show will go from here so I think uh, I think that's good enough for the first episode. I think we covered everything we need to cover. Is there anything else we need to talk about? No, I think I think we're good. I mean, I guess for for my sort of two cent final opinions or whatever, I'm very impressed with uh, with these opening episodes. They really set a high standard for the rest of the show, and um, I know they're going to be able to live up to it because it's Star Trek, and I've just only ever had good experiences watching Star Trek and I'm excited to see where they take it from here. And yeah, and especially especially because because many like hardcore Star Trek fans can consider Deep Space Deep Space 9 to be to to be one of if not the be, if not their like the like the best and their favorite um, television series. So 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 yeah, I have to agree with, I have to agree with Sarah. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be fun. It's it because especially especially because I was talking um, with I was I was talking with my with my friend um, uh, like the the one, the one the one who owns like who owns like different like different several seasons of uh, several several series of the show uh, and, and he and he and he was telling and he was telling me how like if you can get through, he was telling me like if y'all can get through season one you're good because 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 after that like after after that like like the next couple of seasons they're like they're pretty good and then the remaining seasons they're fantastic so 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 it definitely so it makes me excited to, to see the rest of it because because like sarah said like they they, they set a high standard for themselves and 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 they can they can definitely keep it well it's the thing with the the good pilot it's, it's almost weirdly a, a curse sometimes uh i know with a battlestar galactica starts out with an amazing miniseries and the first like just standalone episode is unbelievably great oh it's so fantastic the 33 episode is so damn good that it's like oh it's like it's just not even nearly that good and but it's still pretty good the first season so you're just like oh like it's almost almost bad how good it starts (laughs) maybe lost had a similar thing for a little while too and like uh this is probably the best pilot of any of the three i've seen i've seen the pilot for all three the first three series and uh Probably my favorite of the three, at least in terms of pilot. I think so, I have to agree, actually. Yeah, it's just Next Generation took a while. Everyone, even people love that show, so it took a while for that show before it really hit its stride. Yeah, mm-hmm. I already care about all these characters in the first episode, and that's great. <laughs> so, like, that's a good start. So I'm, I'm excited as well. 
So next up, we will have, uh, for some reason, Netflix shuffled the first, the third and fourth episode. Okay. None of the others, as far as I can tell, but just the first two after Emissary, just to be jerks. I don't know why. Huh. So we'll try to keep make sure that we're on track, but I'm going with the Memory Alpha episode list. Star Trek nerds are nerds. They would know, <laughs> so <laughs> I trust them True. on what is the proper order they would know. So, next up is Past Prologue, and then A Man Alone. Hmm. So that will be the next two episodes. Oh, and I forgot to mention, uh, this was... Uh, I want to try to talk about writers, because one of my favorite writers, writer of Battlestar Galactica, Roland D. Moore, but she wrote some Deep Space Nine episodes, so I'll mention that. But for this one, we have... I'll mention the top of the episode next time, but this time we had written by Michael Pyler and directed by David Carson, story by Rick Berman. So the two main guys who created the show, Michael Pyler and Rick Berman, as expected. Anyways, we will talk more about this next time. So thank you for listening. If you were listening, if not, uh, thank you guys for chatting with me about uh, Space Nine. Look forward to more oh, yeah, for discussions sure. on the show. All right, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.